Hello and welcome to the cast. We're super excited that you're listening to this conversation about life, culture, and Jesus. And we encourage you to like, share, and ask us questions. Please remember that the views expressed on the cast are those of the people expressing them and may not reflect the views of our church. With that said, enjoy. I was reading about fashion again this week. Yep. That does seem to come up a lot on, on this show, doesn't it? I think so. We've, um, yeah, we just keep uh, finding new ways to talk about fashion. So we're going to do it again. We're going to talk about fashion again, but we're going to take it in a whole different direction. So I was reading about fashion on fashionista.com this past week. And there's an article called, Do We Really Need Any More Sustainable Fashion Brands? And uh, it was just an article unpacking kind of this current trend in fashion to to make new brands that are engaging in sustainable practices and kind of these incremental yes. improvements because the fashion industry is pretty unsustainable, especially with fast fashion. We're just producing mass amounts of clothing. It's true. We very are. Very cheaply, probably unethically, a lot of sweatshop labor. Um, you know, brands are trying to use less water and stuff like that. And so there's just been a lot of these smaller brands that you've probably seen on Facebook. Like I'm getting these ads for shoes right now. They're like supposed to be, they look really cool. They're cool looking shoes, but they're like, yeah, they're sustainably produced, eco-friendly and all that. And yeah, like I think, you know, cynically, I would just say, yeah, people are just trying to make a quick buck. This is the new thing that millennials want. So (laughs) this is how they're marketing to millennials. Um, But I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of the brands are started with honest intentions. People love fashion. They want to make a difference. This is how they feel like they're making a difference. Um, But this article says, this is the part that got me and made me think deeply about other things. If we were honest with ourselves, we'd admit that starting a new brand of linen pants is almost certainly not the most efficient, effective way to address the climate crisis. And yet such brands are still popping up every day. But why? This is the bit here. The current moment's reverence for entrepreneurs might have something to do with it. We're living in an age that birthed hashtag girl boss culture and put startup founders on glossy magazine covers. Think of the way people use Kardashian-Jenner families numerous businesses to justify their hold on pop culture whatever you might think of reality tv the reasoning goes that you can't argue with entrepreneurial success starting your own venture has become an almost unquestioned virtue combine that with the fact that business has increasingly framed itself as the ideal avenue for doing good and you have an irresistible magnet for would-be sustainable entrepreneurs but what if business isn't necessarily the best route to creating positive change Often when people set out to do a thing they're already doing and love to do, and they promise grand civilizational benefits as a spillover effect, the solution is oriented around the solver's needs more than the world's. The win-wins purporting to be about others are really about you. So there's a lot in there. Boom. A lot in there. Um, But this really just got me thinking about, yeah, like that idea of entrepreneurship as virtue or just kind of exalting the founders of movements or brands or companies or things. You know, they're the ones that we should all be aspiring to. And then 
honestly at the conference yeah gary v do not get me started on that guy (laughs) but yeah like this past weekend when we were at the c4 conference and really just talking a lot about calling Mm -hmm. and and mission and you know just god's plan for our lives um i was kind of like you know what like i i don't think being a visionary founder is really what god has called me to do i don't it's certainly not last for me sam I don't think it's what it's what he's called me to do. Certainly, in the context of our church, for example. No, and I say blasphemy because culture would say that you're selling yourself short. Yeah, and that's what actually got me thinking about this because I don't know much about fashion. Evidently, <laughs> um, my wife dresses me not like literally, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we've talked about it. We talked about this before, right? But when I was reading it, that kind of stood out to me too, is the idea of the almost insatiable desire to have your own thing, to be the one that starts it. Yeah. When you actually do some research into like entrepreneurship and how often they fail. Yeah. And things don't actually work out. um, There is this kind of, you know, and that, and this article is probably American, right? Yeah. It's American dream kind of thing. You're your own main man and do your thing and, pick yourself up and blah, 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 blah. Kind of where multi-level marketing got birthed out of this. Right. Just, it's just like you can create this life. And and so there's actually, I think, deeper things. Because the, the guy even said, right, the, the one that they quoted that even the benefits really speak more to my need to be seen as virtuous necessarily than actually benefiting the world, right? Yeah. That there's an underlying story that we need to really understand. Like what, what even the, those few lines actually were just so steeped in cultural narrative of what is valuable what is good what is what is righteous essentially what is virtue what is purpose what is value and exactly what you said is what i also thought is like what if not everyone's called equipped skilled gifted anointed whatever word you want to use yeah graced right for visionary leadership yeah. Which is what it takes to be an entrepreneur, right? To have yeah. this idea, mm. to, to see that preferred future, to bring someone through there, to rally yeah. the troops around that, right? And and we're kind of sold this whole thing that if you don't want that, somehow you're not living up to your potential or you're not maximizing mm. your ability. And I just think, as you and I have talked about many times, to be honest, that's just a load of crap. It is. Right? And it's not because I think less... Of visionary leadership that tends to be my thing <laughs> yeah. um but and because i don't and, and because i'm not trying to like get on people for having a dream that's it's not the issue at all the issue is recognizing that not everyone's called to offices of leadership or offices of vision necessarily mm-hmm. and that it's not somehow a less glamorous thing yeah to desire to be an administrator, yep. a helper. I, I Yeah, and I think that idea is really scary, particularly for creatives. Like, mm-hmm. as a creative, you create, and you kind of want to have, like, a cool vision. And, like, I've just been kind of thinking about that for me, because, like, obviously I do create things. Like, the team that I'm a part of at our church is, is about creating yeah. things. Um, I create this podcast, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... I've been kind of trying to just separate those two things because, yeah, it's a it's about leadership, I think, and just like yeah, starting your own new thing that you, other people are going to come and join you and follow mm-hmm. you and be a part of. And, you know, like 
I don't think that robs me of my creative impulse. Well, and, and again, but, I think it's also layers of leadership. Yeah. Right. Like there are some people who are, well, use the story of Moses. Moses trying to lead everybody, million, million, millions of people. His father our comes and says, man, you're being an idiot. Here's some good wisdom. And he's like, split the people up and then have people or oversee tens, fifties, hundreds of thousands. Right. Yeah. Different capacities of leadership, different people who are able. Like, here's the thing. The whole platitude, everybody's a leader. Of course, because everyone has influence over something. Yeah. But better is everybody is responsible. Yeah. Everybody has responsibility to create something, to yeah. bring value to somebody. Yeah. And I think if we can get at least that base level first, then we can differentiate. Like, hey, maybe you're a leader of a 10, so be the best leader of 10 you can be. And hey, in yeah. time, you might become 50. But like, don't start off thinking I'm this visionary CEO can lead a thousand people when you can't even lead yourself out of, you know, college. I'm saying, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like like yeah. making good decisions. So I think we have to just be careful on what we, what vision of life we sell people in the modern world because that kind of says to me that, you know, the the really good faithful steadfast custodian somehow missed their potential yeah meaning what meaning that somehow because you do this type of job or this type of organization this type of leadership that somehow your life in impact is less what if that person is an amazing husband father mother daughter friend volunteer like like who are we to simply define someone by ultimately their vocational career i think that's what really gets the heart of this right is our idol really for a lot of people i think for a lot of especially instagram kind of world people right is the idea of curation of lifestyle right what whether that's going to be, I'm going to make my own businesses, sell a lot of money, retire when I'm 35, or be an influencer and just work, do nothing to get money, or, you know, hustle hard, make my life because no one did, like, all it is is trying to amass a bunch of wealth and stuff to have this lifestyle, right? Yeah. And, listen to me, for some people who are called to be that, do that. But, like, I just, but when I was reading that article, I'm like, I don't know much about the sustainability problem. It seems to me that we have more than enough clothes in the world. So fast fashion, all you said that, we can go to the ethics of that, but I don't really know that world. But the idea of everybody start, build versus, you know, some start, some build, some support, some help, some administer, some lead. Like, I think we just got to, I think we, I think it's a disservice to people to just say like, you know, the highest value of business is entrepreneurship. I think, I think like it's just not true. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of like in the church world? I mean, you're a church planner and you're, you know, the vision. I'm a church entrepreneur. Yeah. You could say that. You could say that. Um, But like, I don't think I'm supposed to be a church entrepreneur, but I think that doesn't make me like not valuable. I think in the church, so it's different. I think in the church planting or starting a church isn't it's it it is seen as some kind of like i won't say heroic but like you're an apostle this special thing right 
that most people aren't going to do, right? Most yeah. people aren't going to start a church, yeah. right? So there's, I think there's a kind of still like a specialness there that's like no one's going and expecting everybody to be a church planner. That's true. But depending on the style of church or the structure of church, there is this kind of pressure. Like if you're not increasingly leading more and more and more, then somehow you're not fulfilling your discipleship potential. Right, right. Yeah. And I think we need to be very careful with that because, you know, we do believe in things like spiritual gifts, capacity, uh, specific calling, seasonal, you know, limitations. Assignment. Assignments, right? And if everybody in a church, a local church, um, was called to be the visionary leader, you wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. You'd have a lot of good ideas, maybe. A lot of butting heads, eh? Well, a lot of butting heads. But you, well, you probably have a lot of, like, creative conferences. <laughs> All the things we could do. Yeah. But nothing would ever happen. No one actually doing anything. Right? Yeah. Right? Like, the value of the body of Jesus, in the, the, the metaphors of Paul, is that everybody is a different part. Mm-hmm. And the point is that you play that part. You do that role. Yeah. And we together... We succeed, not I yeah. succeed. We do, yeah. and that no part is irreplaceable. Yeah, in the sense of it's 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 it is uniquely special yet replaceable, right? Right. And so that's where like positions of leadership are not rights or owned or possessed. It's privilege. It's responsibility. It's it's grace, and that like me as the main voice the main speaker, I could die tonight in my sleep. And if the church is built on me, like, what is that? Really? Right. That's just bad leadership on my part, bad gospel work. So I think that we have to be okay. We have to be more honest, I think with people like, and this, it takes humility on all fronts, right? Because I think to look at someone and be like, here's your current capacity right? Based on this, this, and this, or these factors, whatever it is, right? And then for them to receive that well, to desire more or less, because, you know, I think it's never bad to desire more and to be yeah. faithful to little, so faithful and much, yep. right? But recognizing that, like, there's only so much you can do. There is. Right? Yeah. Like, like you know, for the person who's not getting paid to be in church, right? Yeah. Working a full-time job, being married, having a kid, Right? and being a high capacity volunteer and being involved in your community, right? Like, and sleep, right? Like, like there's not much <laughs> let's, more, Let's not right? forget sleep. But here's where I think maybe the rub comes, is that we do expect people with the giftings that God's given them and the callings to use those things, right? Because we're about the mission, right? More than anything else, as Christians, right? We're about the mission of Jesus moving forward into our city. And sometimes that demands sacrifice of time, money, talent, skills, all of it. And we're willing to give it for the sake of the hope of our city. And so it's just like, in fact, it's coming up later on in Philippians in the series where essentially Paul says, live at your level. And it's like, own what that level is and then live the best version of that. Yeah. Right. And and so I think we just got to own that so much more and like recognize that some I and I think it's because and maybe this is it like they 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 kind of said in the article that we kind of parade these visionaries up on pedestals of culture and you know conferences and magazines and whatever 
And I understand why, right? Because it's usually the visionary that gets the credit. Yep. Right? The the guy who saw the future and said we can get there. But here is what I have discovered. All the vision I have in my head. All of it. And like, we've talked a little bit about this as a church, like what I can see in the future of what we could create and become and the campuses and the services and the buildings we want to have and the ministry centers and the restaurants and the everything I could see us doing, right? Here's the thing. None of that will get done because I can have vision for a million people, but my leadership capacity is not matching my vision. Right. Right. And the best decision we ever made as a church, right, was to look at people with a lot of talent and say, you need to run with this. Yeah. Right. Like, like we, we would not be where we are today if Megan and Ivan weren't around. Yeah. If my wife wasn't around, right. Like if it just rested on the, on, on us, right. Like it just, on me, it just, it would not happen. Like I'm not, I, there's not, there's not even one thought in my head that says, you know, look at what I've done. Yeah. Cause it, no, it's like, and, 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 you know, the thing is, if I go somewhere, we actually, Em and I were just talking about this. If I go somewhere, right. Depending on the kind of, um, theological bend of that place, right. It's either Mike planted this church, right. Or Mike and Emily planted this church. They're a little more egalitarian. Right. (laughs) And that's just not true. This is not right. Like, if, if if this was just the work of Mike and the Spirit, of course, right? And he could do anything, I get that. But just practically speaking, right? Like, it, this would not be what it is. We would not be as far along as we are, I would argue as healthy as we are. Um, be, like, it just, we, we wouldn't, right? Yeah. So I, although I get to be the one, because I'm the preacher and I'm the whatever, that people are going to call and recognize and look at, I am under zero illusion that I've done anything. <laughs> like, I, 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 I say this a lot at a, a church, and, like, I know that I suck at a lot, actually. And I don't really mean it to be demeaning to myself. I just know. Like, I just, I'm just trying to be honest, right? Where, like, I'm not a good administrator. I'm not a good operations guy, right? Um, I'm pretty good at communication when, when I need to be. I'm learning how to vision cast better, right? Preaching is kind of the thing that I do. And then see in the future a little bit. And that's, that's kind of it. Yeah. Right. Like, and I kind of just defer <laughs> a lot and that's been learned. Like that's not how it used to be. Uh, but, but meaning, meaning that I have to value, I have to value the giftings, the spiritual giftings, the temperaments of other people. Right. Because I'm in a weird place where I will get a lot of the, external credit right and people look at me and say what a great leader but like i know you can't see me right now but like i'm shaking my head because like i'm not mm. right like i do believe i'm gifted by the spirit of god to do what i'm doing yeah right that i have some of these um i don't want to there's a gift of apostleship it's not authoritatively an apostle. There's a gift of apostleship that talks about starting things and oversight and leadership. But I think that I have. Um, that's why I wanted to plant the church and start these things. Um, that I like, I'd be gifted to do what we're doing. But like, 
if it was like legitimately, and I sort of make a joke about this when people ask me the story of the church, but you know, if it wasn't for the, I think it was like June or July where I was trying to do like these volunteer signups way back when we were still in the house. Yeah. And people signed up, said, I'm willing to do kids and I'm willing to do greeting and I'm willing to do all these things. And like Megan um, emailed me saying, I didn't sign up for anything because I don't really know where my gifts fit in. Here they are. And I'm like, girl, you're going to, you're going to help me <laughs> come in and, and organize. And it's all about administration and systems and operations. And I'm like, I've suck at all that. And literally within one week, yeah, like I, I and I mean this, we were a hundred times more organized in one week of Megan just yeah. being empowered to do what she does. Yeah. Right. And, and now we function with a lead team where all four of us kind of make up the lead pastor role and we just do different things. And, um, so it's like, like, yeah, I get to be the one who gets to preach and teach and get people like, on Instagram looking at me, but the reason that's only a, that is the revelation of a value system outside of our church. That's not what our church actually functions like and values at all. Yeah. Um, because we've had to learn this. Right. So I think the idea of like the visionary, the entrepreneur, the leader, I think we have to be very careful with that language. Yeah. And I think we just need to tell a better story. I think for people that aren't called to those things, you're right. Like the idea of like that someone would be, in a supporting role, like a janitorial role, and that that's somehow bad or they're not living up to their full potential. Like we gotta just quash that idea. So for me, like I said before, as a creative, like I think the story you're told a lot is you gotta go create your own thing and be a visionary. And you know, the program I was in at school, it was like, there was a course we had to take about entrepreneurship. And I think they kind of wanted to push a lot of people towards entrepreneurship, which is fine. Some people are gonna do really well at that. And most people are not. Well, that's just but, funny because I don't know if you ever noticed this too, but like in just conversation now, yeah, it's almost like, hey, what's your name? Like if you're meeting someone, right? Yeah. Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah. If they're a certain age, yeah. the next question is, oh, do you ever want to start your own business? Like, I don't know if you yeah, noticed yeah. that. I get that all the time or like in a conversation with someone, it's almost like the default now. It's like, oh, you're a graphic designer. Hey, everyone start your own freelance business. Yeah, yeah. And what, what are they going to say? No, I'm just good working for someone else. Like, that's almost... Oh, it's like, oh really? That's it? Right? Like, yeah. we, there's almost this yeah, weird awkwardness yeah. to it. And so I've tried to stop even yeah. asking that question because yeah. it's like, I'm not good at it because I think it's just a default. I have no desire to do that ever. That's the thing. And, and, and is that a bad thing? And I was like, no. Right? Because the thing is, every company needs people who are willing to do their graphic design. Yeah. So if you believe in what's been already started... Yeah. Like, that's kind of why, actually, too, why, as a church, like, I don't plan on having a food bank yes we have them right. let's just help support the ones that are already doing a good job yeah, right like, exactly and so i don't think everyone needs to be so unique right yeah. that we do our own thing i think there's a value of the support role yeah that goes so everyone knows it's needed but it's not it's not sexy yeah right? it's not sexy to be the number two right yeah and, and and actually what's funny is like i think some of the most wise influential gifted people are number twos yeah. Right. Who are not threatening to the to the visionary guy. Yeah. Right. Like it's rare to find them because everyone yeah. wants to be the number one. But those people, I love so much. I think like learning to submit to like a an authority that you believe God has put in place. That's a, I find that to be a discipline, to be honest, because yeah. there are like stylistic things in our church, even where mm-hmm. I'd be like, I wish we did this this way, or like I wish we sang this song on Sunday morning, <laughs> or I wish that. I don't know this, we had this event. Um, and 
and then it's like like i'm not gonna go plant a church no one would come to my church <laughs> like if i were to put on all my good ideas like i'd be the only person attending my church so like this but that, is but that's mutual that's mutual submission yeah though, right because yeah, sure it is. there's so many things that like even on the creative side where we've said sam like you bring this in like this is better than what we've cre- could have created, right? Yeah, I think I think a lot of voices is where creative decisions are being made. That's where I think a lot of voices coming out is really helpful. And like that is a thing I've definitely learned over time. Even you know, in my job, I don't trust my own designs. Like if no one else lays eyes on what I've designed, like I'm not going to feel safe or secure in that. I need a second. I need like five sets of eyes on my mm-hmm. designs to be honest before I'm really going to feel like okay people like this let's sign off on it you know i can feel good putting that out there well and for me it's not even about like it's more about the responsibility like my decisions are going to affect a lot of people yeah right and yeah a lot of people for us i know for some churches you know having a church of you know we had 120 on sunday right like for me that's a lot of people that, that is, like yeah. i get to make a decision that's going to affect most of those people right that i want i want a good decision to be made and so I want every, I want more people to have a voice into that. And I think it's the idea of responsibility too, is like being responsible for the place that you're at, I think is much more virtuous than starting your own thing. Yeah. Unless you're called to start your own thing, then do that. Yeah. Right. But that's, but that's the point, right? Yeah. There is that kind of a layer into it. And that's where, again, like that, like, cause people often think when, even when you just said that, like submitting to an authority, right? Number one, I didn't make him say that. Just putting that one out there. Yeah, he didn't. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is like a deeply personal thing I've just been wrestling with. So. But the point is, people often think in that case that some of the authority you're submitting to doesn't have authority to submit to. Yeah, right? yeah. No, and, that's so and, true. And leaders who don't choose that are dangerous. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, we do choose to submit ourselves to other voices, right? Like... In this case, you know, being C3KW, like we, like I know I go and run things a lot through like Sam Pickin in Toronto and ask him questions and allow him to give us wisdom and try to implement some of those things yeah. as we feel led to. And, you know, and, and then even like, this might seem kind of like weird, but like even submitting, I don't want to say that, su- submitting to those who submit to you. So like this idea of, of delegation is, I think, is a good word for it, but really it's more about mutual submission of the giftings that God has in, other, in the church, right? Yeah. And like really allowing myself to do what I do and be gifted in yeah. and then trust that other people are gifted in things I'm never... like, in, And not just like lip service, but like legitimately stepping out and saying, being okay to say, I don't know an answer to that question or, you know, I know... But the thing is, this is what we have to be careful with, with is that even if I as the leader, quote unquote, yeah. defer and delegate, I'm still responsible yeah. ultimately, yeah, right? Exactly. And that's, I think, the tension is that there are people who think because maybe I don't want that level of responsibility, yeah. somehow I'm a lesser human. Yeah. And that's just not true. I think that there is a call, there's always a call of good layers of responsibility because as, as a human being, Right, it starts with yourself. It starts with your family. Yeah. It starts with your neighborhood. It starts with your city. It starts with your church. Like, there's always different areas, and it's like you know, we should always desire, I believe, to get better at our area of responsibility and yeah. knowing how to do that well. And because ultimately, that is leadership. Mm-hmm. But not saying that like I'm somehow meant to be. Like, I can't even imagine at this point in my life, like 
the pressure of leading a church of 10,000 people. Yeah. Like if that happened now, it would like, I would fail. Mm-hmm. And yeah. think maybe in the future we're called to that. I have no idea. I'm letting Jesus decide that. Yeah, I think that's the path you have to walk. Through. But that's the point. Is it's like I'm not gonna. I, I don't want to. We talk about this, and this maybe is where the really the rub comes. Is we've prayed that God, that we would submit our ambition to God. Mm. That you know what Jesus, if you're saying don't, which is so countercultural. If you're saying don't pursue more, we won't. Yeah. If you're saying stay at this level, and be faithful at this place. Even if I think that I could handle more, because maybe I'm supposed to learn submission. Yeah. So it's so it's, it's seeing that that there's the lessons and the seasons, and and so we talk a lot at our church about gifting, about assignment, about capacity, about limitations as the love of God, for this very reason. Because I don't want someone to walk in and say like, you know, w- both extremes, right? Like I'm nothing, and and I can't. No, you are gifted. You are called. You have a you have a capacity God wants to grow, right? Faithful little, faithful much. But then the flip side, like look at me, I'm up. No, like you have a capacity and you have a calling, you have yeah. an assignment. You need to figure that out and be faithful in it. And so the same story, the same words, right? Slightly different tone. Same words, right? Can can fix both sides of the story. And, and so I just think that we have to be careful, you know, with I feel like I just feel like there's this overemphasis on like everybody's a leader. Well, yes, the most I think a lot of people level. that sell leadership books would like you to believe that. right. But I think we have done a disservice to the gifts of administration. Like there literally is one called the gift of administration, yes. right? Yes. And we know that you, Sam, have the gifts of help and service. Yeah. Right. And you thrive in those places. Yeah. And so, like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Right. It's I, just. It, and so that's where I think we need to be better as as church people. I like because that's the thing about spiritual gifts too, is that that's a place where you're supposed to experience like a supernatural joy mm-hmm. from serving in mm-hmm. that place. So why would you not want to pursue the thing that that gives you that supernatural joy? Well, yeah, we talk about super supernatural joy and supernatural effectiveness. Yeah, I would like both of those, mm-hmm. right? But here's the thing: the issue is we always want gifts we don't have. Yeah, this get back to the humility, right? I'll give a good example of this, right? People often look at me and think that I'm, I have a gift of evangelism. I don't. I have a heart for it. Yeah. Right? I want the gift of evangelism because the gift of evangelism really is this supernatural joy and effectiveness that when I share the gospel, people respond. Yeah, you right? really want to bring people to Jesus. I want like, them to meet why Jesus. Why wouldn't you want that? Right? But, but yes. But yeah, like, no, I don't have that gifting. Yeah. In, in, the spirit, in the spiritual gift sense, right? Yeah. Now, one day will God grant it to me? Maybe. I hope so. Right? I'm open to it. But I've, I've had to actually wrestle with that, right? Because I've, I've always thought that like, that's what I need to have to be in the position that I'm in, right? Yeah. And I've had, I've had to have God speak into my heart, right? That, you know, own your space essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and recognize that like, you're not, I'm not trying to be somebody else. Because there's people in our church with that gift that like, I'm like, man, if only I had that gift. I could. And it's like, no, actually, I've brought you people with that gifting to go do these things. So let them be that, empower them in that way. And just the humility there and recognizing that God has a specific reason for specific things. And I know it gets this deep theology of God's kind of sovereignty and choice and grace. But like, that is how we want to live, right? That God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Like, that is how we talk. And it's not on purpose. It's on purpose. It's not by accident, right? That's why yeah. we're doing that. And I think it's, that's just what, like, that's what the article percolated in my head. Just like, we're not all called to be CEOs. 
and that's okay. Yeah. Not it's not very American dream capitalist. But here we are, right? We don't live in that. We live in the kingdom. And it's not communist either, Sam, but <laughs> I just felt like I needed to say that. Anyways, now I'm just kidding, sort of. But the point is it's a different kingdom, right? It's a different kingdom. It, it's it's subversive, right? Um, it's not the American dream and it's it's not a social democracy. It, like these things are just systems of human experimentation, which we can argue about their merits later. The point being who we are is not wrapped up in what we do. Those are overflows of identity that we need to get to and God's specific calling assignment. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there are those who we need to empower to be CEOs, empower to be visionary leaders, empower to be the, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, and the, you know, I don't even know, right? The redeemed Mark Driscoll's of the world, yeah. right? That spark these things and like, and start these movements of churches of 17,000 people and Perry Nobles, right? You know, even where he is now, it's like, you know, Craig O'Shell's like, not everyone's gonna be Craig O'Shell. Like, just get over it. So the point is, don't try to be, right? Yeah. Honor what God's done in his life. Do what you're called to do. And if God chooses to increase your capacity, that's up to God, not, not, not up to me. And that's a hard wrestle, right? But whether you are the leader, the serve, the, the, the server, like, gift of service server sounds weird any gift of help you don't gifts of miracles and because again even the theological camps right if you get gift of teaching right in exhortation like you're gonna be good in the baptist circle if you got the gift of tongues pentecostal yeah. gift of prophecy you're in you know the charismatic world if you're the gift of justice and mercy the social progressive gospel like each one has our thing right yeah yeah the point is get over yourself submit to the giftings of god He's gifted you and called you to be part of his church for a reason, right? For some, it will be to start churches. For some, it will be to start ministries, right? There's, and because there's also different capacities of the gifting, right? That everyone, that there are many people with, with leadership giftings, right? Who can lead a church of 500 really, really well, but with floundering a thousand, they need to figure out how to do that if they want to ever get there or if God's going to allow them to. And just being okay with that. Like I've actually, honestly, I can say this right now with full heart. Maybe not next week, but right now, right? Like, I've honestly given up all that stuff to Jesus in a freeing way. Like, I, like we, we believe God has a purpose for our church, and yeah. we pray into some of the future stuff. But, like, I'm constantly praying this prayer of, like, God, I give you my ambition. Like, I, just, I give that to you. And, if, wow. and, 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 like, I want our church to grow for the sake of the mission yeah. without my face on it. Like, and I can say that with a pure heart right now. And I mean that, like, right now. Tomorrow could be different because sin yeah. creeps up on you. But, like, that's right. I've been really working on that over the last year of my life to be like, God, you know what? I actually genuinely, because if I'm going to preach it all the time and make this big case about it, I just feel like I got I to gotta drink the Kool-Aid, right? And so sure. I've just said, God, like, your kingdom come and your will be done in my gifting, in my calling, in my ambition, I want to submit that to you. Yeah. And if he wants to give it back and say, Mike, dream time, then I'm going to dream. But yeah. If he says, Re I, I want to rest, like, and just like truly living in that space. And I feel like if we all did that, right. And this has been like, and, and sometimes I don't like talking about myself in these ways because it feels like, I, I just, I just want to make much of Mike at all. But it's been a year of God, like, break me down um since last c4 conference actually when we yeah. went to it and god speaking some things into my heart and i feel like this year was the year for me like last year was significant but this yeah. year i probably I feel like i'm starting on the path that you've been on really yeah it's it's been just cool god just 
he does he's faithful to do if we allow him and like and i say this like to anyone who's listening seriously the amount of joy and what it feels like to be effectiveness you can't always measure that because you know the fruits that we get of the kingdom sometimes are hidden and sometimes they're future and whatever but like just the evidence of what it feels like this is working and god's yeah. moving like it's so much more when I'm in this space. Mm-hmm. Now, there are times where I lapse back into it. I'll admit that, right? And I get a word about productivity and like being the guy and cr- and then yeah. I suck at home. I suck with my kids, right? I'm angry at you. Like, and it's, just, it's like the joy and the effectiveness of just sitting in the space where God, you determine my steps. You for my capacity. I submit to the giftings. I will work as hard as I can the disciplines. I'm going to take responsibility for every area I can. I'm going to invest my time well, right? Like just doing the things, it really does produce unusual joy, unusual rest, unusual effectiveness, but requires unusual humility. Um, Mike, I kind of want to change gears a little bit here. I was listening to the Ask NT Right podcast actually recently the other day, and something you just said kind of reminded me of it, or said like 10 minutes ago, just about people with different uh, theological bends. How much of that do you think can sort of be tied to, you know, personality or temperament? Because he was kind of saying that a lot of people will, will find a church that just really suits their temperament, like regardless of the particular theology. So, I mean, whether you're Calvinist or Arminian, you might go to a church that is more suited either if you like liturgical style or if you prefer um, a bit more of a modern uh, contemporary style worship. People will often make decisions about which church they attend kind of based on some of those things. Or maybe on like the tone of the preacher. Do you think that's true? Do you think that is the case a lot of the time? Because like my grandparents right now, they're old school Pentecostals and they're at a church now where the preaching is it's a lot more fiery, I'd say, and a little bit, a lot less about the gifts uh, of the spirit. Not that there are cessationists there, but um, I'm just kind of surprised that people that came up in these, this really spirit led, uh, charismatic type movement would now gravitate towards something like that. I think we do a lot of theological justifications for preferences. Yeah. So it's part of the decision. It's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like I think temperament and personality is part of who we are. Yeah. And so if you're a little more contemplative, a little more quiet, yeah, probably going to a high liturgical church would be better for you. Yeah. But I do think that sometimes we will form our theologies out of preference, which is dangerous. So yeah. it's kind of like chicken and egg, mm-hmm. right? Like what what came first? I don't know, right? I think our preferences and theologies sort of kind of co-mingle a little bit. And then you end up at the end of time. I, I, like to me, ideally, you always want your theology to drive you, right? That what yeah. you believe is true and I can get over the stock. It's not about me anyway. Yeah. But we are consumeristic. Yeah. Right. And culturally, right? Yeah. Like like I I would go to a different church culture and be able to be in it, mm. right? And serve it and do it, but I might not enjoy it yeah. or 
especially if I disagree with methodologically yeah. some of the decisions that they're making, yeah. like you, you'd want to jump ship a little bit. Yeah. So I think there is a preference thing. There is a theology thing. There is a style thing. And that's just true. Yeah. It's just true. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I think I actually am at the point where my theology probably like is front and center because I don't think I've ever been in a church that I like align with as the much theologically as, as our church. Like I, I just really do feel at home there theologically. Um, but that said, if you, if you know me well, you'd say, oh, well, you're probably, you'd probably like a more contemplative liturgical style service more. And it's true. I like, I do really like that style of service, but, um, like I said, I do think I'm at the point where overall what we do, like I am, like I see the vision and I am really, I do feel at home here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think the body of Christ is meant to be wide. Yeah. I think there's not supposed to be one monolithic yeah. expression because we need we need diversity amongst our unity. Yeah. No, I agree. And I I mean, there are like Saturday services if I ever do feel like I want to mm-hmm. attend uh, an Anglican or a Well and or, I think yeah, and like you don't have to be like I think we can appreciate the styles of different traditions. Yeah. Without abandoning our theology, what a theological conviction, right? I, you yeah. can be a charismatic Anglican. Go yeah. ahead, right? Yeah. Like, it's just you might look different a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we just gotta. On the flip side, we just can't judge preferential differences. Yeah, as some of less Christian. That's the only issue, right? Where you begin taking methodological questions and making them essential questions. Yeah, and. Those are just different. Yeah, I think they are very easy to, to conflate sometimes. Well it's, well, it's because it's it gets almost too personal. It's like, yeah. are you saying my kind of church is bad? Well, your kind of church is bad. It's yeah. like, no, it's different, and that's okay. Right? Like, it's basic it's basic tenet of marriage, right? Different doesn't mean wrong. Yeah. Right? And that's not obviously an absolute statement, but for a lot of things, the way your wife you know, might communicate differently doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's wrong. It's just different. Yeah. Right. Same thing with church. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It could be, but it doesn't mean it is. It's just yeah. different. And we just got to own that and be humble enough to express that. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that's uh, I feel like that's helped me like get over a lot of church differences because N.T. Wright, like he said on the podcast, that a lot of these churches at the end of the day preach like the majority of the same things. Their Their core beliefs are mostly the same mm-hmm. their their stylistic differences are more like the start the differences are more stark there than in their actual theology which and even in the same theological camps yeah. the expressions are so different are so, so different yeah. it's just, you just gotta kind of i would say go with theology first obviously yeah theology first but then consider your style yeah and then well, no, actually Theology, if the church has kind of a vision for yeah. what it wants to become, because that ties into methodology and missiology of like the mission of God that they see expressed and yeah. then style of like service. If you can connect, like if you can get behind the theology, you love what they're trying to create, but like there's not really another option that kind of hits your style and you're like, yeah. this is the best thing I got. Well, the other two are really good, yeah. right? If you're like, I love the the style of this i can get behind the vision but don't believe in it don't be yeah i don't think you're gonna stay there long and if you're like i have the theology i like the style but i can't get behind what the pastor wants to lead yeah don't make it hard for him just leave yeah right so unless you can submit to it yeah just walk out 
at the end of the day, the body is bigger than you. It is. And that is really like the thing that I, I have had to remind myself, like, I think I'm well past that. But at first mm-hmm. with, with just even coming to church again, that is like a thing I had to really remind myself. And I still have to, can yeah. I be honest with you? Cause yeah. sometimes I'm like, I would change some this. days. I do I that too. It's to. like, it's not me, but I never feel like I'm like at risk of like, Oh yeah. Leaving a church or no, something yeah. like that. But, it, but yeah, no, absolutely. Me neither. I'm pretty committed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you leave Mike, this whole thing's coming. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, we just talked about this. Yeah. It's not. It's a joke. All right. All right.